Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Michael and Christine Reno, owners of Agogi House of Iron in Chattanooga, Tennessee. How's it going, guys? Good. Good morning. Good morning. morning. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate it. I'm super excited to chat more about Agogi. So let's hop right into it. Tell us about Agogi House of Iron and what kind of services do you guys offer? Agogi House of Iron is a primarily a bodybuilding uh, gym and powerlifting gym. Um, we do also do personal training, but we focus mostly on competitors and athletes. All right. Very cool. All right. So I'm, I'm super excited to start digging into what you guys are doing right now a little bit more. But first, give us a little background on how Agogi came to be and how did you guys know it was the right time to go into business for yourselves? This is actually a really good story. <laughs> Um, I first started competing. I went to my first show in uh, 2018. 2018. And um, my coach and trainer, he and I hit it off just immediately. And we became fast friends, best friends. And it was a dream of his to open a gym. And at the time, my husband and I were... um, able to finance that so I thought okay let's let's help him realize his dream his name was Brent Pickett Mm -hmm. um he's no longer with us sadly uh but he got to see that dream realized before he passed away but that was our motive was to help him realize his dream of being a gym owner Mm -hmm. and after his passing my husband and I inherited his dream and we decided to continue his legacy he was a bodybuilder, powerlifter, and not a day goes by that I regret doing it. I absolutely love it. It was just, it just feels like it was meant to be. So that's how Agogi got started. Wow. That's, I mean, I'm so sorry about your friend, first of all, but that's amazing that you were able to, you know, kind of help him realize his dream and keep it going for him. Yeah, I never saw myself as a, a gym owner. I was a competitor. I loved it. I loved training. Um, but now that I'm I'm training people myself, I, I absolutely love it. I, it. Like I said, it was meant to be. This was just meant to happen. That's, that's an amazing story. Um, all right, cool. So I believe you guys told me you started in 2019, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So, you know, you guys, you opened the gym everything's going along and then shortly after you know this this little pandemic thing happens right absolutely yes yeah so you know obviously basically everybody got punched in the face with that one statistically (laughs) about a third of gyms closed entirely um you know and i think unfortunately some still will um i don't think we really have experienced the true fallout of that yet but the good thing is you guys are still here you're still helping people so i think what i and the listeners would like to know is how exactly did the pandemic affect your business and what did you guys do to stay afloat during that time um it actually uh, it benefited us honestly as we're a 24-hour gym um i just 
I played by the rules. They made some of the regulations and mandates. And I said, okay, well, you're only allowed to have X amount of people in the gym at a time. Fortunately, we're a small gym. I could do that. I could schedule people. Um, we have, um, like I said, access 24 seven access. So I could keep the doors closed and only allow my members. So I didn't have walk-ins. I didn't have, you know, uh, too many people in the gym at a time. We took the precautions with um, disinfectants and just tried to make things as safe as possible for, mm -hmm. for our members. But yeah, I picked up members because we were still open. <laughs> that was kind of nice. <laughs> like, we, we never closed. Yeah, we didn't close. We took the two weeks. It was two weeks that, that we did close. That basically everything closed. And I was like, well, let's just, you know, we'll close the doors and come up with a game plan during that two weeks that we were actually closed. So, but yeah, it actually helped benefit us. I think it also helped us realize that there are other avenues to the gym. I think we're going to try and take a turn towards a little bit more online training because I think people are still interested in that. They still want to uh, lift weights and compete, and but not everybody's comfortable coming to the gym. Right. We, we didn't require masks or anything like that. You could wear them if you wanted to, but I didn't require my members to do that. Partly because, like I said, we, we tried to keep the number of members in the gym at that time to a minimum. But um, now, still with things ramping back up with COVID, I think, you know, we have seen some success. And I want to be able to reach more people um through our gym so i think we are going to try and do a little bit more online uh training yeah very cool i i like that yeah because there are a lot of people that are a little bit afraid to come back in but i feel like also there's a really big need for um like some sort of hybrid model because i think people are yes. also yeah looking for you know sometimes i want to come to the gym but sometimes i want to do yep. that <laughs> so very cool um all right awesome so now that we kind of know all of that i want to switch things up talk a little bit about you know what you guys are doing in the business right now um so what types of things are you guys currently doing to get people interested in joining the gym uh, we do a lot of um social media marketing um we've um taken and you know we of course, we have T-shirts, and that's probably one of our best and cheapest forms of advertising is the T-shirts. Mm -hmm. you know, people say, oh, where's that at? Where's that gym at? Uh, plus, we've sponsored uh, just about all the, as a gym sponsor, all the competitions that come in the Chattanooga area. Uh, mm -hmm. we, have a state, we have a state show here. Uh, we've had a uh, pro-am here. I mean, we have several competitions that come, so we're normally the gym sponsors for those. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's that's a good way of advertising. Um, so when you say you do social media advertising, is it generally just like posting on your own pages or do you guys do any sort of like paid advertisements as well? We do, we do paid advertisement as well. Uh, we will post on our own social media and then we do some paid advertising as well to try to reach out to new clients and mm -hmm. to try to get them uh, interested, at least to ask about you know, what's this about? What do you guys do? And try to get them interested. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, now that we sort of know all that, um, tell us a little bit from there what the process is, you know, as far as when someone either 
reaches out through your advertisements or through some of your, you know, more organic marketing and they say, Hey, I'm potentially interested in joining the gym. Um, tell us a little bit about your sales process from, from the time that happens until you actually get them signed up for the gym. Well, we always make contact with them rather quickly. Um, you know, I found that you need to contact them probably within the first 10 or 12 minutes that they contact you. Um, that's a good rule of thumb to make sure that, you know, you get those people and they know somebody's watching for them. Um, we tell them a little bit about the gym. We invite them in uh, on the first workout to make sure that we're the place for them. So mm -hmm. you kind of get a free pass the first time you come in. So that to, to work out, make sure that uh, you've got everything they want in the gym and kind of answer any questions they have. But I found the key to it is getting them there in front of you. And if you ask a whole bunch of questions, they ask a whole bunch of questions and you answer those pretty much online. You know, sometimes you have no choice but to do that, but getting them in front of you, getting them to see the gym, see the environment is probably the best thing. Mm -hmm. I think also with our, we're kind of a niche with the bodybuilding because we're at the shows and we're, I mean, we're just out in front with a lot of this stuff. They actually come seeking us, which is helpful. So most of them are competitors or athletes. They see us on social media. We go to a lot of the power meets and, you know, posts. We just, you gotta be out in that market. It's like, you can't just sit in your gym and hope things come to you. We go out to the shows, go even the shows that we don't host. We're at shows, taking pictures, you know, hobnobbing with the pros. Or you just gotta right. get out there and be seen. And so they recognize you become a brand. Like we wear our stuff everywhere, our gogi jerseys and hats. And so we come out and try and be a part of the industry. You just can't sit and wait for things to happen. You just, you gotta make things happen. Right. Really, really good also is, you know, we have high level competitors. So once we go to these shows and we have people that are in the shows, we traditionally, you know, have been very fortunate with uh, the good competitors and we've won a whole bunch. We've won way more than we've uh, lost. So we, we produce a, a good competitor also. And people want that. They see that and they're like, oh, I, you know, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. When your results speak for themselves, basically. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I love that. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, being sort of a niche thing, you do generally more so than just a general fitness gym, get people that come seeking you because there just aren't as many around. Being out in front of uh, these folks and, and actually probably the biggest thing is, you know, is showing their production and that we were able to put out through our training and winning has been one of the biggest things out there to, to gain new members. You know, with those guys over there winning, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So that's helped a whole bunch. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your different membership options and what the price points are associated with them. I'm a retired Marine, so I have a military and EMS memberships. Um, they obviously get a discount if you're part of the military, retired, or if you're an uh, EMS personnel. And we want to take care of those guys, uh, you know, the police and the 
ambulance and those are very important people that don't get enough recognition in my opinion mm -hmm. so we, we take care of those guys they get a 24 7 membership also uh if uh we do a six month and a one-year membership that we give you a little bit of a discount on because if you want to pay it up front mm -hmm. you do that and uh we have a college or student membership also that uh, gives those guys you know a little bit of a break so they can get into the gym also because uh, you know being a college student also and it's tough a lot of times not having any money but want to go to the gym and then we have a, a regular membership that uh, is only about five dollars difference that uh, is very competitive with everyone else because we have a, a lot of gyms around here you know they're ten dollars five dollars a month but you have to sign, sign a long contract I don't do contracts, uh, which is, there's positive negatives to it. Just because, you know, if you don't want to be in our gym anymore and it's not for you, I don't want to charge you. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, we, we've kept the same amount of members. We've not lost any members with no contract. And uh, that's one of the appeals for some of our members is not have a contract. Mm -hmm especially when it comes into, you know, the, the January season where everybody has the New Year's resolutions and everybody wants to get fit. Yeah. It doesn't always work. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of those people that, you know, they come in hard for a month or two and then they just sort of, sort of taper off from there. Um, all right, cool. So, let's talk a little bit about staffing do you obviously the two of you work there uh do you have any other staff members as well we have um her name's shelby hammontree she's gonna die when i mention her because <laughs> she hates it when i do that she, she actually was uh employed with us for a bit she was our manager. I absolutely loved her, but she has moved on to better things. She's still at our gym. She still trains. In fact, in fact, I'm coaching her for her show season this year. So big things for her. I can't wait. But she currently um, is a cardiac tech at a hospital here in town. So she's moved on and from our gym. But like I said, we still love her. And she comes and um, we also have our head trainer, Jim Pickett, who is Brent's brother. We were fortunate after my coach's passing when we opened the gym that his brother stepped up. And he's also a bodybuilder, powerlifter, great guy. We love him to death. So he's still with us. All right. Awesome. Um, okay. So then I want to talk a little bit about sort of your, well, you know, your hiring training process, obviously it sounds like you have mostly pulled from your membership base um, or, you know, people, you know, as your gym grows in the future, do you plan to kind of stick with that? Or do you think you might prefer to look externally for candidates? I'd probably look uh, internally first and then externally as a second. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to have when we expand, obviously, some more trainers. So that's going to be that's going to be something we look at based on you know your reputation uh, and your qualifications. Being good to people is huge at our gym, so we want to make sure that there's there's nothing out there looming that's caused someone to to change gyms or anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna we're gonna look probably inside first and outside second. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I love that because I one of my biggest things is you know obviously the training, the fitness, that side of things can be taught easily, but you cannot teach people to have the right personality for it. Absolutely. So, all right. Perfect. Um, okay, cool. So, you know, we know how you're getting people interested in signing up for the gym, how you're signing them up, you know, a little about your training, but let's touch on what else you may or may not be doing um, to add more value for your clients. I know we talked a little bit um, about, you know, you guys doing apparel sales. We talked a little bit about, um, you know, potential for online coaching. So if you want to expand upon that, um, let us know if you have any other services, nutrition, coaching, uh, supplement sales, things like that. Um, We do have some supplement sales. Uh, One of our biggest ones that we have is Tennessee Pre. Um, They're actually a Tennessee based um, pre-workout supplement company. Um, great, great people. Love them too. They're also always at the shows here locally. They're always in the mix with everybody. Um, uh, we're looking into carrying some other supplements. We, in fact, when we, um, move or expand, we hope to carry a full line of supplements like Mm -hmm. proteins, pre-workouts, all, you know, everything you could need as far as that goes. Um, we're still, I love the merchandise in that to me, that's just fun. Like I said, I I'm all about the branding. I mean, people see you, you got your logo and, and they know you walk into the room and are like, Oh yeah, <laughs> they, they recognize it. They're like, Oh, yeah, so that part is fun to me. I'd like to look into expanding a little bit more on that also. Um, you got anything? The, the merchandise part is going to be pretty big i've looked into maybe starting our own uh, pre-workout at some point but mostly our own protein mm-hmm. and supplements to make sure is um you know you have to look out there a lot there's a lot of stuff that's not so much clean out there that you actually won't put in your body so uh we were going to try to tailor more towards that and making it something that um you know cut out some of the fillers and things of that nature to uh to be better for you. So mm-hmm. we've actually looked into that. And that's important to me. I'm an all natural athlete. So I have to be very careful about some of even the pre-workouts. Mm-hmm. I have to be careful before some of my shows because they test, they urine yeah. test. And some of those tests, even with pre-workout, you could, you know, it could show for stuff. So right. <laughs> I'd like to really look into that and find some more natural mm-hmm. uh, su- supplements to help athletes. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, so, you know, we talked a little bit about how you guys got started, a lot about what you're doing right now. Let's shift our focus to the future. What kind of goals do you guys have for the business over the next year or two? Do you have any plans, projects, things in the works? We've had a lot of interest in a, a couple of different cities uh, that like our business model and kind of the way we, we run things. I've had uh, a couple people approach for, you know, franchising opportunities, which, which we haven't uh, really pulled the trigger on yet. Mm-hmm. We're still talking about that, but, you know, we want to get bigger. And, you know, when you think of fitness within our area, we want you to think of us. Um, yeah. 
you know, it's especially in the bodybuilding, the powerlifting. And you know, our model is a little different than some of your big chains. You know, we people come into our gym to actually get after it and work. You you don't find a, a lot of people where you don't find anybody actually sitting on the machines on their telephone or sitting around. You know, everybody's sociable, but they come in there to work because mm-hmm. you know, that's the environment we want. Um, we do have chalk in our gym. You know, a lot of people don't like chalk in the gym. We have chalk in ours. <laughs> you know, we allow, you know, we have mirrors everywhere so people can do their posing. They can practice their posing. Ours is a little less formal, if you will. It's just, uh, it's for serious competitors. So we, we want to make sure that uh, the serious competitor can come in there and they can get in their posing trunks or they can get in their bikinis or whatever it is that they want and, you know, get their work done and get what they need to do at the gym without worrying about people judging them. I would like to be able to, when we expand, to do kind of a crossover. So the people that don't know much about it Mm -hmm. can see it and not be intimidated by it, be a part of it. And and maybe, I mean, you might get some competitors in your gym that way. Uh, So I'd like to expand a little bit and make it a little bit more accessible. I think a lot of people also just don't know how. They don't know how to get into that. I actually happened to be in another gym before we had ours when my coach saw me <laughs> he was like are you a competitor and I was like oh, no I don't know the first thing about that you know <laughs> so, so I think it um it's just bringing awareness to people because I I think there are people that would like to to do it but don't know how to get started mm-hmm. so I think that's the other thing I'd like to try and do is try and draw more people into the industry let them see what it's like and it's funny when I have people that aren't competitors that I personal train and they see competitors in my gym you know because they do it's like they see a mirror and the shorts come down you know they're standing there in their underwear and it's like (laughs) just another day at the agogi but they're like oh my gosh (laughs) but but it's fun we love it and I'd like to try and include more people in it I'd also like to try and do some more online training get people um, you know, reach out to people at home who, because I think that some people don't always get, um, they may have a few extra pounds and they'd like to, mm-hmm. you know, shed first before they come to the gym. I discourage that. I wish people would just come in. Let's just get moving. Let's just get going, get to the nitty gritty and start okay. work. But I know there's some people that, you know, they might be overweight and they're like just intimidated to even show up at the gym. So I'd like to try and reach out to those people through some online training and nutrition, um, get, give them a little head start if that's what they're comfortable with. Right. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Yeah. I love the way that the addition of online training, you can just reach so many more people. You're not limited to your geographical location. Um, so that's really cool, I guess, especially for you guys, as far as like the bodybuilding kind of stuff goes, um, you know, you, you can reach people all throughout the country or potentially the world. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. So we are winding down on time here, but I do have one last question for the two of you. And that would be if you could go back to 2019 when you guys started the gym and if you could give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? You know, that's a really tough question. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you thought there. That's a good one. Because <laughs> there, there is a lot of things yeah, if you're going to open a gym, be careful with the facility that you open up. It would be my thing. Uh, running most of the business part of it, the 
the, the facility is huge because there's a lot of added expenses that you don't necessarily take into consideration. Uh, you know, electric bill, your cleaning supplies and things of that nature. In order to run a clean gym that people want to come in and they don't feel like, hey, if I step in there, I'm going to get staff infection. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit more cost than the, uh, the electricity and the water and the cleaning supplies cost you a little bit more than what you initially are going to anticipate. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be the business side of it for for me. They yeah, look, look into that because it's <laughs> it's going to cost you more. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Awesome. Any anything on your side, Christine? Uh, no. Um, just that. Um, it's funny because as a competitor myself, and I basically live at the gym. Be prepared for that. <laughs> Yeah, because I train myself, I train my people. You're always there because you know you have things you have to take care of at the gym, to, you know, to keep it clean and to make sure everybody's happy. And so I'm basically that's my that's my home. Now I sleep here at my house, but at the gym, I mean that's basically where I live. Yeah, <laughs> and so you should definitely consider that. It is not just something you're gonna you know, lock and key, just show up when you want to. It just, just doesn't work that way. But I love it. I love it. I'm fortunate that I do love it, that I, you know, that's something I enjoy. So I don't feel always like it's work. I mean, yes, it, it, it can, takes a lot of time, but like I said, I incorporate things that I like to do, like going to the shows mm -hmm. and the powerlifting meets. That's all part of it also. So you gotta, you gotta take it in stride. You gotta, you gotta give to get so <laughs> I enjoy it and it doesn't yeah. matter how many pieces of equipment you have somebody's always going to want <laughs> that's something true. That you that's true <laughs> that is true that's, I mean, that's the other thing that, that would probably be the other thing leave room for that because I mean if you have enough people that want those things you want to be able to provide that so we try and you know if, if somebody we have members that come in and they say, well, yeah, I'd like to see this. And you have enough of those people say that same thing, act on it, Do, yeah. you know, get it. It's something you need. Don't hesitate. Right. For sure. I like that. All of those good little operational practical tidbits for people, because obviously most gym owners start out as trainers and then they just kind of throw themselves into it and they have to just kind of figure out the rest <laughs> of it business wise. So, so that's perfect. A couple of good little tidbits there for people. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, it looks like we are out of time here. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Michael and Christine. Before we go, for all of our listeners out there, what's your website? Where can we find you guys on social media? We are on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at Agogi House of Iron. Um, that's, um, what's? Oh, the email is agogifitnesstraining at gmail.com. So if, uh, and plus, you know, we receive, we, reply back to the messages pretty quick on both social media platforms i'm working now on getting a website put up uh, i just kind of want to slow roll it into you know that's a huge thing to have on there it's just one of those things it's with all things that happen just i kind of put it on the back burner but mm -hmm. uh, it's uh we will answer you on there and then if you send an email also all right perfect 
Uh, well, for all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for spending some time with us today as well. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Michael and Christine here. So if you'd like to hear more, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Jess and Johnny from CrossFit ECF in New Jersey. How are you two doing today? Great. We're doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Doing what I love. So this is, uh, I'm doing my dream job. Hopefully you guys are doing yours. Absolutely. That's why we're here. Every day. Perfect. Perfect. So tell us, how, how are you living the dream? What's ECF all about? Tell us about your business model and uh, what you're doing there in Jersey. Uh, we've been around um, for about nine, nine and a half years. And what I think makes us super special as far as dream jobs go, um, I think the common theme I hear from other CrossFit coaches and owners is that they stumbled upon the opportunity. Um, maybe it fell on their lap. Maybe someone needed a, an extra coach. But um, particularly us, I find that we wanted to go above and beyond to do this full time, regardless of what happens to other gyms, regardless of, you know, maybe it won't work out. We didn't give ourselves that option that it, it maybe it won't work out. Like that wasn't an option. So um, having that mindset every single day and seeing that using that mindset helped everyone transform their lives, sticking around long enough to see their first rope climb and pull up and first PR and first 5k and first race um, kept us going for sure. Um, and just bringing on staff that had the same dream and vision. So um, you get to get paid to do what you love, but also you don't see it as a job. There are times I think we've probably done more than our fair share of extra hours that didn't feel like the case. Yeah, I mean, they often say like, you know, if you do what you love, you know, work another day. And really our focus around this gym was bringing back fitness into our community. Now, um, we grew up in the neighborhood, we're locals. Um, uh, the gym is where I grew up as a kid on the street that I played with as a child. Um, and so being in this area was very meaningful to us because outside of the business is this area was lacking of health and fitness. Yeah. And we're not talking like they didn't have a gym. There's gyms in the area, but it didn't have what we bring as a CrossFit, which is the community of people working out together and really getting true knowledge of what we want to improve, which is overall health, not just like, you know, pump some iron and what's the point behind it. And so I think that's something that we share with, with all of our members. And it's not just the one, one, 
piece uh, component, but so many things that go into, into CrossFit and what we do every single day and teach. Perfect. So, so much about our podcast and what gets talked about is about how you do it. And we are going to spend some time talking about that. But for you, the, the big driving force is why you do it. You saw a need for improvement in your community in a way that you thought you could uniquely bring it. And oh, by the way, there's a business behind it. It wasn't, how can I make the most money somewhere? What can I do to open up whatever business? Oh, CrossFit would be cool. You, you kind of came at it reverse, right? I'm going to do this. I need to make a living because you know I'm, I'm an adult with bills to pay but I'm going to impact my community. And then the money is going to be something that, that feeds it and helps me just help more people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we made a lot of mistakes at the beginning, right? Because we had that drive and passion. We were like, yeah, we're going to help everyone. Um, but there was also a lot of learning, you know, uh, in the back end, because you're right. At the end of the day, we do have to drive a business. Uh, we do have to keep it moving forward. We do have to grow. Um, and so we did stumble a lot, uh, but we've also been fortunate to, to work with a lot of people that have also mentored us and helped us along the way. Uh, and a lot of this knowledge has helped us increase in volume via memberships, uh, the space that we're in now versus the space where we originally started. Um, and so we're ex very excited as to where we are today and we're looking forward to continued growth in the future. So. Yeah, I can actually answer that question specific, like those, um, that turning point. And we were very excited at the beginning. I said a lot of mistakes, but the day we said, who do we want to attract and sacrificing the money for a little bit to build that attraction, I think made the ultimate difference. And we said, we want to attract people that are here for the long run, who want to who want to play a role in this community, who want to be, uh, I guess, an ambassador of ECF, who want to say, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, neighbor, dog, friend, ex-boyfriend, like come check them out because your life is going to change. If that's who we want to attract, then we have to stand our ground of what we believe truly is a lifestyle of fitness. And most gyms, because money is important, of course, um, bills are important, as you mentioned, you get scared of doing that and, and taking the back seat a little bit for a moment. Um, so you want to fill the front end with a lot of membership and you do the typical, let's spend money on advertisements. Let's spend money on this. And yes, you may get everyone through the door and then you're like, what do I do? I don't have people. I don't, I'm, I don't have an organized system. How do I retain these people? How do I close the back door so that they don't leave after a month? So just actually COVID slowed that down for us and it gave us a chance to think, gave us a chance to rebuild the business and gave us a chance to write um, a vision. Like this is what we want coming in through our door and it's okay to say you are not for us. It's okay to say you don't fit this. Um, fitness is for everyone. And I would say CrossFit is for everyone even if you're hundred years old, but your attitude toward CrossFit and how you approach fitness um, and yourself and your life and taking that serious was something we felt very serious about. Like we want you to take your fitness as serious as how bad we want it for you. And I think like a, a, attracting that is the ultimate difference. You can sit back and feel totally, totally relaxed about who walks in through your door because at this point we everyone knows 
this is what ECF is about. So if you're not ready to take your fitness serious, don't bother in a way where it's, you're here because we want the best for you. And people are going to sense that when they walk in. And I think that's what makes it just a little different than other CrossFits even. I've run into other gym owners um, at different seminars that they're like, yeah, we're just, you know, here volunteering. And if it's, you know, once we're ready to find something else, we'll just find something else. And again, that wasn't an option. And that still isn't an option. Perfect. So you came in it knowing you were in it from the long haul from day one. Yeah. And you knew, all right, I have the work ethic. I have the passion. I have the motivation to do it. The business stuff I know I need to figure out. But if I had all the business knowledge in the world, it wouldn't matter if people came in and didn't see the passion and the care and the love that you have for the community. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that holds true as, you know, prior to CrossFit, I was in business and managed big business. Um, and I think it all goes out the window when you have a relationship with what you're doing that's so close to your heart. You know, it's like incorporate the bottom line is the bottom line and there's no getting around that, right? And now you come into an environment where you're having to make decisions on people that are not just your clients, but people who are your friends and your family, right? And it's so easy often. And, you know, again, some of the stumbles are like, oh, it's okay, you know, we got you covered for this month or the payments are not coming through. Let us know when you can do it. And again, I think we found balance uh, in being able to do both. It's, yeah. And it all came down once we said, like Jess mentioned, what is our vision? And as long as we're speaking that loudly and people understand what, where, where, where we're standing, then everything else has just become on autopilot, so. Yeah, and I mean, here you guys are, you know, nine years plus later, two locations, you know, one that's, that's by all accounts, you know, you know, 250, 275 members, somewhere in that range. And the other one that you're growing, you know, the kind of business that you're changing the model of growing, like you're, you're having a lot of measurable success. So I think the interesting things will be kind of both sides of the coin. Like, what do you think the biggest things have been for you on the business side that have, that you've learned skills that you've acquired, things that you've been able to do that have allowed you to kind of feed into this vision? You know, what do you think that the, the biggest lessons you've learned or the biggest skills you've acquired have been? Well, it all came, you know, pre-COVID and, you know, unfortunately COVID just shut everything down, right? And believe it or not, to this day, to, to right now, we believe that COVID saved us, you know, as weird as that may sound, because Jess mentioned it, we took a step back and we were going through some mentoring and looking at the business and what we ultimately decided is that we are, we are good. I don't want to sound cocky, but we're really, really good at what we do. And so we stopped competing with who was around, what were other people doing? Yes, it's always good to listen and take some advice. Um, but we stopped competing against what was out there. And we started believing that what we were selling was the product. And then we put numbers and business around those, those beliefs. You know, we, uh, coming out of COVID, we increased our prices. Membership uh, prices were increased, which they had never been done since we opened our doors. You know, we, uh, we outgrew our, our facility from 700 square feet to 8,000, 7,500 square feet. Um, we and, went from, we made all memberships unlimited. Like, there's no other option. Yeah, so... Like, 
Right. So our membership is now like, if you want results, come train. And this is what our membership option is. And if you're looking for that, you know, once or twice to kind of make you, we're not it for you. And so having made those business decisions and changes around even pricing structure, yeah, it helped the overall number just increase. And so people adapted to it. They were like, all right, these guys, that's not an option anymore. Cool. Sign me up to, to what you guys now have. And now they're actually seeing results because we stopped BSing around it. You know, yeah. like, guess what, honey? Twice a week is just not doing it. It's not undoing all the pizza and drinks we're having over the weekend. Let's get to work. Because that's serious. what this area is. Like, it is the most unhealthy. Like, this is literally the city right next to New York, right in the middle of Hoboken and Jersey City. I mean, you can't walk a mile and not find 10 different restaurants yeah um the lifestyle is to go eat after you work out um and i guess covid kind of funneled a lot of almost even unfortunately have to say is unwanted members that were holding us back um there was a lot of systems that were not put into place we were not consistent i would say we would try things and not follow through until we were like this is this is that's it no ifs ands or buts um we put so much into place um and it caused the membership to go down at first scary we're like oh my god what do we do like okay let's do numbers right now what is the most we can afford right now and then from there we're like we have a clean slate we can do whatever we want now we can do whatever we want like this is the time it's now or never and then once we revamped everything, we not only like group, but we were able to buy new equipment. We were able to, we were the only ones who ran a competition during this whole thing. We're like, should we run a comp? Yeah. Everybody's scared. What do we do? Like, what's the protocol? And we're like, whatever, wear a mask if you want, don't, you know? And people came through, they're like, wow, that was a ton of fun that when we did it again, it was our biggest competition we've ever had. Yeah. And we had two. And again, we, we put in teams that, I mean, even during the comps, we had a team of 30 people that were wiping down equipment. So yeah, we had the right systems in, we weren't afraid to execute them, but it was, we did it during a time where everyone was like, no, you can, you shouldn't, you know, what are you going to do? And really, I think now as gyms and health individuals is this is the time for us to really get our message out that we're so concerned with you know how you know sickness and covid and how it can wreak havoc in our systems this is when we should be getting influxes of individuals coming through the door saying shit i i had a scare for my life because i was so unhealthy you know and now i want to do something and we've been the, the the facility that never shut down we fought with the health inspectors and the health department and everyone coming in and said look we have our you know 12 feet of you know social distancing not just six you know right? we had squared out our facility can hold easy you know 70 people in a class and we were limited to 12 people 15 people but we were still running shop right yeah. we have fans and our gates open here so we had lots of ventilation uh, but we didn't allow it to just close us. We said, no, this is now's the time for us to be open. Right. Yeah. And so everyone was like, you guys are the only gym. Like we have people coming in from New York city. I mean, I, again, you're familiar with yeah. the city and we have people commuting into the Jersey side just so they can come work out at a facility that was believing that we needed to be open for so many, you know, besides physical mental health we already know you know the, how much crisis that brought on to yeah. everyone from you know being stuck at home 
And we were like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna push through this in a very safe environment. Yeah. I think the, we're still gonna move the message that like running that competition sent out is that regardless of what's happening, it shouldn't stop you from continuing to work toward your goals. Like you don't stop because the world stops, right? We did run uh, virtual workouts. We did all of that. Um, and those who wanted to stay on stayed on. But at the end of the day, like the, our community held us, they, they kept our doors open. Um, and I thank them every day for that, um, that they, the people that were lucky enough, fortunate enough to keep their jobs said, well, if I want a gym to come back to once everything is said and done, I want this place to be up and running still. So I'm not going to cancel. So lucky we, we had a great community and that's what, that's what I believed hundred percent so this day is that that's what community is it's, are you going to have our back we have your back they had our back and we were able to build from there we kept everything as safe as we could but of course the fear of everything kept people um so sort of question like is it okay and then we were able to show that everything is okay and we kept moving and we saw the difference between people that showed up for the first time to check us out versus the health of people that came after the pandemic sort of settled and how unhealthy people became. And it was very scary, which also led to the way we did things. Um, we used to do a lot of introductions to class sizes. Like if you're here for the first time, you would go in a class. Now we take people individually and get to know them individually and get to know what they specifically need and what they specifically want that by the time they're in class, they have this really kind of profound relationship with at least the coaches and some of the people that they got to see from time to time that waved hi to them and they feel very comfortable in class where they're like, I'm a part of something already. And I haven't even started my first week. That's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you guys took everything that you had learned and built before the pandemic and then basically looked the pandemic in the face and gave it the middle finger and figured out what ways you could still benefit the community, still keep your doors open, still be around for the people that were gonna support you and really just took it all as a big opportunity. You know, didn't take a victim mentality, right? No scarcity, just look, this is, this is what the world gave us. This is what we're gonna do, get out of the way. So, I mean, big applause for that. And that's, that's probably that mindset and where it is, is probably a lot of, what helped you to get where you are now you know mindset attitude work ethic is all all kind of whatever way it filters itself through and manifests uh, whether it was whether there was a pandemic or not i mean who knows you know you guys saw that as a big opportunity and took advantage of it and i think that's fantastic so you know definitely you ha you have to feel like the future is bright for you there's a lot of opportunity out there for you there's an infinite number of people who you can help, whether it's one facility, two, three facilities. Do you feel like there's anything stopping you from maybe going to another level to, you know, growing exponentially to, to expanding, you know, whether it's, you know, the marketing aspect of things or sales, or I know you focus on retention or different programs. Is there anything like any monsters in the closet? That you're like, all right, that's the next thing that we're going to be able to help more people. Yeah, I think definitely marketing, I would say is something that we need to tackle more of. Um, I mean, we're in a social media world today, 
you know it's really you know are you paying for facebook ads and instagram ads and all of that and if you're not i mean it's the next guy who is is getting in front of the line so marketing is definitely something we're tackling but again with that comes financial you know financial cost uh, so looking at those options is definitely something that I personally think we need to grow with, uh, where we do want to grow. Uh, and then the second thing would be, uh, we are actually looking to grow, but it's, we're trying to figure out finding the right team. So finding the right people that are going to be able to have the right vision that we have. And actually we were just talking about that even before today. Yeah. It's like, who do you bring onto your team? that has what, what we, that that's willing to go to jail. Cause we always went to jail yeah. a bunch of times, right? <laughs> yeah, you guys, message, you, so. you can tell if somebody, somebody can have all the credentials in the world, but if they don't fit where your vision is, you guys are gonna throw them out the front door. Yeah, Maybe we, not even let them in, right? You can feel that there's a, there's a certain vibe. You have to connect with somebody because I can just feel how protective you are of the community. Um, kind of have potentially, you know, I wanted this to happen organically. I actually, I'm going to have to disagree when it comes to marketing. Um, we're not great at it. I'm not going to say that. I, I have done my very best. Well, that's what I'm saying, that we need to improve. Yeah, we, but I think we haven't exhausted what we did. Like we get the, we didn't realize and putting in systems into place, how many leads we actually got. Um, we actually just started somebody that was working at a bank. So he's great with customer service and he is, he will go to jail with us. He would, um, he, 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 he was here. He, he can be, I had to get up to cover his class, uh, the other day early. And I was like, man, this is really early. He's like, why didn't you tell me I would have opened. I'm like, that's not the solution for me being sleepy about it. It's just, you know, but he just wants to be right there where we are. So uh, it's hard to say, how can I get five more people like that? So with marketing now we have him just tackling, I told him you get us to 300 man, get us to 400 and he wants to tackle that. So we have like a lion trying to tackle these numbers, which is great. And you, you can only put somebody in that place if you had the leads coming in. I didn't hire somebody to market for us. I hired somebody to tackle these leads that we do get now close them like sell our products, like sell our vision, sell our goal. Do you want to be a part of that? So I think that's still something that if we can do our 10 out of 10 every single week, we're still okay, you know, um, because in a other sense, like you can market and get hundred people through the door. Can we handle a hundred people at one time with quality? Sometimes that's a juggle, but if we have, you know, we we saw certain people that were like super passionate we're like you know if only you could come on this side leave your gym for us that'd be great you know so we're there like you know just hoping to have the right conversations with people hoping to have that that organic vibe that we're not i didn't want to even put a post out because people are like oh, what are you gonna pay me we, we don't have a relationship yet you're you have to be okay with being part of the growth and sometimes that means a little bit of a decline and before we were even partners like I didn't know what I was getting myself into I just knew that I wanted it and that was enough for me to hold on you know and fight because you know at the end if you give 100% or more than that it, it'll all it all comes back around and you grow and you're doing something you love so it was nice to even get you know our newest hire while well, he was part-time to full-time to say hey no more bank clothes 
He don't got to wear ties anymore or dress shoes that he always lost anyway. So he's like, I don't know where my shoes are. And he would go in sneakers. Um, so that was, that was good. And we hope to, that's literally the only thing. We were going to open up another gym. We were like, pull the trigger. Let's do it. We thought we were on cloud nine after we grew after the pandemic. We're like, let's go, let's do it. Like we can totally run like five gyms. We're so good. And our mentor was like, can you, can that gym, can this gym run without both of us in it, period? And the answer is still no. Like if it's not there yet with the right team and multiple, it can't fall on one person. We need to build a team. And I think that is the biggest obstacle. And for any business to be long lasting, um, people need to see that in general, like we could have all the marketing in the world. It's the best feeling knowing that we can step out you know, he can step out, I can step out. And we're not worried that it's going to crumble from walking away. That's, you guys, you have, you have so much in line that you're, I, I feel like you're just, uh, you're like a rocket ship, just ready to take off. Just Are, are you looking for a job? <laughs> <laughs> I love my job. Are you wearing pants? <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> I will tell you. He with that. We still have to wear pants. He gets I will tell pants. you that I'm I'm wearing nanos right now though. So yeah. all, all my shoes are still nanos. So you know that that that's part of the qualification. I think I love that Reebok discount. But you guys, we are just about out of time. But before I let you go, I think for somebody who's kind of OG like you, almost ten years in the game. If you can give anybody listening, or maybe even give your younger self one piece of advice, one thing that you think will serve better than anything else, what would that be? I'll go first? Yeah. You want me to go first? Go first. Um, something that we did during the pandemic that I wish I would have done a long time ago was write the clarity statement. Um, we have a clarity statement along with the eulogy, which is, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but having to look something to look at every single day constantly aligns me. Something that we do as humans is that everything else is going to disalign you. It's just like our body. Anytime we work out, we're going to be disaligned. Anytime we eat something bad, we're going to be disaligned. Well, that happens mentally and emotionally too. And I find that every single incident in your life is meant to take you away from that alignment. So that's a practice that has to get like perfected almost and having that clarity statement to look at every single day allows me to be in alignment even on the worst day so you always feel like all right that's my focus that's my focus that's my focus because a business like this is very unpredictable business is unpredictable so if i 10 years ago knew exactly I had an idea of what I wanted but I had no parts in place right like I was just like man how am I feeling today what do I do how do I handle this and had I just said this is what I wanted I feel like I could have just put a little bit of the pieces faster than what I'm doing now that's for me yeah. um, I think just knowing financially where the business stands uh, year over year and reinvesting back into the business uh, before anything else. I think as, an, as, a, as a small business that needs to grow, most, biz, mo most small businesses close within the first five years uh, because people just don't know where they are financially and they don't reapply that, that growth back into it. So uh, 
pumping the brakes, making sure that you're just not putting every dollar that comes in back out the door and really making some savings and some smart decisions as to how your growth is going to be, whether it's equipment-based, whether it's space-based. You know, a lot of people try and go open, you know, 10,000, you know, square foot facilities with, with no members, right? Or they retrofit their entire, their entire, their entire space with the latest and greatest come to find out that that equipment was too expensive to, to pay, you know, on the back end financially. Um, we, you know, we, I made them, we made those mistakes initially and we've been now smart about reinvesting back, but of course, knowing our numbers. And as long as we've known our numbers, we know where we stand and how much we can actually invest back in and that's helped us tremendously. Yeah. Fantastic. Two very different, one more, tactical and one more strategic things, but both very useful. So which I, is why we're so yeah, great we're together. Really opposite. Like, I didn't <laughs> we're the complete yeah. opposite <laughs> and, yang, and we come together in the middle and here yeah. we are still open. That's true. Yeah. Two of the same person doesn't make for good business partnership usually. Because then like why do you need each other if you're just gonna do the same thing and just nod your head at each other all day, right? That's that's not, you got to challenge and support and go back and forth. So I appreciate it. Guys, before we let you go, last thing, where can people find you online, whether it's your individual Instagram, social, the gym, wherever you want people to find you, shout it out right now. Uh, CrossfitECF.com. Uh, Instagram is CrossfitECF. Um, so yeah, so basically those are the two. Um, we are on Instagram, Facebook, um, all of the social outlets. So uh, if you guys are ever in the area of West New York or Hudson County, come on down and check out the box on down. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, send, you the invoice. Just send me a bill for the drop-in. 20, 30, 50, buy a t-shirt. It's fun. You guys go check out CrossFit ECF, whether it's in person, online. You too. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today. Thank, Thank you, you guys. So appreciate it. Thank you. To everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you being with us, spending some of your day. We hope you found this valuable. I know I did. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. If you want to be on the show, share your story, your business model, your successes, your struggles, whatever you want to talk about, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. 
welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Brian from Reps Training Centers in California. What's up, Brian? How are you today? Howdy, folks. Howdy, Brianna. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. It is my absolute pleasure. And the first thing I want to do is I want to thank you for having me on. And I definitely want to thank anybody that's ever been listening to these podcasts and, and, and actually continued to, does, to do so. Uh, just for being an entrepreneur, going out there, taking a chance, saying to that person that said to you, hey, if you think you can do this better, go out. I dare you. You dared. You put your money where your mouth was and you're out there and you're doing it every single day. So thank you very much for all of us out there just trying to succeed day by day. Yes, 100%. I agree with you. That is so true. So let's jump into the details of what got things rolling for you or, or what made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? I've actually been an entrepreneur most of my life. I've owned various types of different businesses, uh, been, in, been involved in the fitness industry uh, at a very young level with martial arts. Uh, the unique thing about martial arts is uh, when you're a student, you have to be an instructor to qualify for certain ranks. So they, they teach you to be a teacher, which is really nice because the unique thing about being a teacher in life is if you're pointing out to people what they need to do correctly, you need to make sure you're doing it correctly yourself first. Yes. So it really makes you reinforce your foundation over and over again. And that's, that's really what got me involved in, um, in business was really fitness got me involved in the business uh, side of the equation um, and vice versa. I just keep coming back to it no matter what I do. Yes, absolutely. And that's a really good point that when you're teaching, you know, you have to make sure that you're 100% on your game, because otherwise it doesn't really, doesn't really translate the same. So that's a great point. Um, now, what does your business model look like? How do you structure things within the facility? So uh, I've been in some of the larger uh, big box chains, not to mention any names. Um, and I've worked for a few of them back in the day. Uh, matter of fact, recently, about 10 years ago. Uh, and I was promised a lot of things, vice presidentship, this, that I can sell. It's, I understand fitness. I understand how to sell fitness. Uh, I understand how to speak to people and just, you know, I have empathy. I have compassion. I hear your plight. I identify because I've gone through a lot of struggles myself. And I simply go, okay, I've been working out long enough. Let's plug and play what I think is going to work for you the best. Um, and I try to help them the most I can. I realized when I was doing that for the big, big box industry that it was a failure model. I mean, they're, they're trying to lure as many people as they possibly can in. They really don't want them to come in and work out. They just want them to come in and sign a contract and then right. just keep paying at $30 a month for the rest of their lives. Um, and, and even as I was signing personal training clients up, they wanted me for my sales ability. So they don't want me to train people because that used up too much of my time. So I couldn't take what I actually was telling these people and make it applicable in a realistic situation and show them the actual results from what I'm saying. I had to turn them over to a personal trainer of some sort. Um, and maybe the personal trainer was young, brand new off the street because they're hiring as many people as they possibly can. Um, I didn't really see the professionalism. I didn't really see the results oriented. I saw a failure-based business. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what I did not want to create with my business. Right. Uh, so our, our business model is simple. Uh, to make it as succinct as possible, my client needs to win. Whatever results they're looking for, I need to give it to them plus. I need to surprise them on the happy side. Uh, mm -hmm. I need to win. As a, as, a, as a business owner, as a family man, I need to be able to pay the bills on my table, uh, pay for food on my table. I need to be able to take a vacation once in a while to relieve stress. I need all the things that I would get out of any other professional life. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd love to talk about that at some point too, about uh, how I viewed 
being a, a gym owner, how I viewed being a personal trainer, as I viewed a, being a martial arts instructor, even putting my pajamas on every day. I just, I didn't compare myself to the doctor and the lawyer. So I kind of looked at myself like I wasn't significant, like I wasn't doing as much as they were doing because they had a more professional job or because they wore a suit and a tie. And right. I quickly found out, quickly found out that that is not so whatsoever. As a matter of fact, what we do for the doctor, what we do for the lawyer, what we do for the surgeon makes it so they can do their job so much better. Uh, the health that we give people um, and we're able and the, and the, and the uh, just the physical presence of having somebody to vent and talk to that can identify and maybe give a little bit back to you or maybe just be in ear and listen at the same time while you're getting a great workout. That is my true business model right there. That's what works for me. Yes, absolutely. And that's a, a good point to bring up there as far as being a personal trainer or owning a facility and kind of looking at things where you're comparing yourself to maybe other career paths. And there's always a thing where people kind of say, okay, well, when are you going to get a real job? You know, it's like, uh, there are so many personal trainers who have heard that before, or so many, so many coaches, so many gym owners, like, okay, well now when are we going to get a real job? And it's like, what makes this not a real job? You Thank know, you what, so much what for saying that. It makes it not a real job. You know, what we're providing within this industry is just as valuable, if not even more valuable. If you ask me, it's more valuable than most careers out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Every, so, every client we deal with has a professional job, usually themselves, uh, except for maybe the retirees that we're dealing with and we help them on mm -hmm. a whole different level. But if we're, if we're helping the, the doctor get into better shape, then that doctor's ever going to stay up more hours, be more cognizant, have sharper mental uh, capabilities while they're in the middle of whatever routine that they're performing. And we've provided that. We've provided that increased blood flow. We've increased, provided that decreased body fat. We've provided that increased endurance, that increased athleticism. You know, you know, people ask me all the time as a personal trainer, like, what kind of, what kind of clients uh, do you get? What kind of uh, compliments do you get from your clients? Are they a 300-pound diesel guy? And I'm like, no, it's, it's the 66-year-old woman that literally hung up on her daughter the other day to call me because her granddaughter tugged on her skirt while she was talking on her with her daughter on the phone and asked for a glass of milk. And without thinking for the first time in 30 years, she reached one handed for a full gallon of milk, opened it up one handed, poured it one handed, put it back in the refrigerator one handed. And she realized she did that in the middle of the action. She calls me up. She goes, oh, my God, guess what I just did, Brian? And she tells me the whole story. That's the kind of compliment that you just, you know, you can't pay for. That's right. that's real world circumstance, real world results. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And those are the things that change people's lives. You know, the effects that you have on people's lives is immeasurable. You know, it's like it, there aren't many other careers that you can really affect people's lives in that way or change the trajectory a lot of times of people's lives. So it's huge and people do need to see more value in that. And especially when you are a trainer, it's hard for you to put a value on yourself in the services that you provide, especially with all of these kind of things in your head. And there are so many people out there who are not charging high enough rates for the services that they're providing. And that kind of leads them to be in that situation where maybe they can't afford their bills. And then that leads to people saying, well, why don't you get a real job? 
Um, Thank you so much. And you know, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, I would love to, I'd love to say something about that. Um, For all the people that are listening that maybe are just new to this, or maybe they're struggling a little financially. Yeah. You want to get what you deserve. You go to Las Vegas, you go to a fancier club and they're charging $110 for a personal training session. And I asked the woman who was not in good shape, who was the lead personal trainer at that facility. Why do you charge $110 per session? And she literally looked at me and she said, because that granite and that wood are real. That's what she told me. That was her answer. And I understand that mentality from people who are getting paid $70,000 to be a lead personal trainer at a gym that have really never personally trained anybody in their life, but they have a certain look and a certain gift for Gab. I, I get the business mentality of that. The entrepreneur that's sitting there right now that's struggling to pay their bills you're probably not asking enough because you don't think you're worth it. Well, we've already established in the last couple of minutes that you're absolutely worth it. What you do for your clients is immeasurable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you could put a measure on it, just times it by the hour the, the, of the money that they get paid per hour. Um, and most of these attorneys and, and doctors mm-hmm. and things of that nature that your trainer are getting four or $500 an hour for what they do. And we're, we're, we're happy to get 40 or 50. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just think about the, what we're getting compared to what we're giving. It's tenfold less. So we deserve more. I've got some people with money. I've got some people without money. I have a flexible schedule of payment. Some people can afford full payment. You deserve to pay the full scale. They have no problem paying that. Some people can't. I'll either put them into a circuit class where I can lump them with three or four other people within that same hour, or I'll simply adjust their rate. And I'll say, look, what you can do for me is speak really nice about me and talk to me about, talk to us about, I mean, to other people about us and bring those people in and help us out in that regard. But I'll never turn a customer down. I'll, I don't mind if somebody's only paying me $20 a session because I'll bring in three other people on that session and I'll still get the $80 or $100 if I need to. They don't right. mind that because they know that they're getting a good deal as well. There's one thing in realizing your value and there's another thing in realizing what your business can establish. Because, yeah, what if you get $100 a session, but then the person can only afford a month? Now you've, you've, you've done a great job. You've gotten a whole maybe four or $500 for that month, but now you don't get it the next month. You don't get it the month after that. I'm looking for consistency because consistency is what's going to get my clients results. Results is what's going to keep them loyal and coming back to me. And if that consistency has to give me a little bit less each month to get them in every month, then I can compromise and I can do that. Right. Yes, absolutely. You know, that's what leads to the high retention rates and the results that the clients are looking for. And then that reliable income for you as the personal trainer or as the gym owner. So now with that being said, within the facility, how do you structure your memberships? I know you kind of went into that a little bit as far as like if somebody has a an issue with the, the money piece there, but what are the the main offerings that you have as far as memberships within the facility? Uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, I realized that if I just did personal training that I had to uh, flex my scale a little bit too much. It's it, it, it gets a little unfair if somebody's paying you $50 for a session and somebody else is only paying you 20 um, mm-hmm. and then those people start to talk to each other. Exactly, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and, and, and I keep it as open as possible and honest as possible. I have nothing to hide. You know, if, if somebody, uh, uh, of, of means has a problem with me giving a discount to somebody that doesn't have means, then they need to, uh, they need to re- reestablish their, uh, morals and life. <laughs> okay. That's, and that's a whole different subject. But, but what I try to do is this, I have a basic flat rate. That flat rate goes down the more sessions you train with me. 
Um, it starts at about $65 an hour. Somebody just walked in off the street and said, I just want a private session with be $65. But if that same person came in four days a week, that goes down to $45 a session. If they, I'm sorry, uh, four times a month goes down to 45. Uh, and then if it goes eight times and if it goes 12 times, so you do the math, it keeps going all the way down to $30 a session. And that's where I'm trying to get people in. I'm trying to get them around $30 a session. If that becomes unaffordable for somebody, then I have a unique program. At 8 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and 5 o'clock at night, I run a group circuit session. So it's the same exact workout that we would do one-on-one, but I don't need to breathe and count every rep for you. I just put you in a circuit with three or four other people, and we go from station to station to station, usually four or five stations within a workout, and we do about four rounds for all of the stations. Um, And that's a complete body workout. So we'll do maybe chest, front delt, side delts, and one person will be benching, the other person will be doing upright rows, the other person will be doing side lateral raises, and the other person will be doing an incline bench or an incline fly. And then the other, uh, uh, and then there's an ab station. And we, everybody says does 20 reps and then we switch. 20 reps mm-hmm. and we switch. And we just keep going from station to station to a circuit. That entire workout for four people with proper rest takes about 30 minutes. Right. In 30 minutes, I can get four or five people in that same personal training session. Those same people are still paying me Maybe one guy's paying me $30 a session. Maybe there is some guy paying $45 a session because it only comes once a week. But I can offer that to them for uh, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, which gives them a complete full body workout, three separate times a day. So they can come to either one of those times and I cut it in half price of what it'd be for personal training. So if you did personal training with me four days a week, it'd be four, 480 a month. But if you do the open circuit four days a week, it's 280 a month. Very affordable. It's not one-on-one me counting, but I'm there for every single rep, still correcting, still doing everything that you need, right? right? And if somebody's demands and they say, hey, Brian, I want you one-on-one, well, then you have a right now to ask full price for that one-on-one time. Say, guys, yeah. I can put four or five people, I can put eight people in an hour at the same time that you want me to train you. And by the way, my personal training sessions are half an hour long. I don't know where it became a staple in the industry that it's an hour. There's no such thing as an hour. In, the, in, in, in martial arts, it's simple. The lesson is taught. When the lesson is learned, the lesson is stopped. If that mm-hmm. lesson is learned in 15 minutes, you just got a 15-minute private session. And I promise you got a lot of material in that 15 minutes. It's the practice that takes so much longer that you need to right. reestablish. So once I establish that you understand my range of motion, all we're doing right now is practicing range of motion over and over and over again and slowly adding weight to that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think so with that, with that uh, range, I'm sorry, with that range of classes from personal training to a circuit training, one-on-one training, and then we also have classes, um, I'm getting most of the revenue channels I, I, I need. I could add uh, supplementation, uh, nutritional counseling, and maybe some more like uh, yoga, Pilates, spinning style classes. That requires me to add a little bit more space and uh, invest in a little bit more equipment, but we're just not there yet. Okay. Um, so now... A couple of things there. So those group classes are a good idea to keep in mind too. One for the, um, just for the listeners sake here, one for the ability to be able to have clients paying less if that's what they're looking for, if they can't necessarily afford those one-on-one sessions. And then also as far as scaling goes, because being a personal trainer, you only have so many hours in the day, you know, or, or so many half an hour blocks. So that tends to limit you. But if you can get to a position where you are offering some of those classes or some semi-private sessions, then it puts you in a good spot because you're able to take care of more clients at the same time and therefore 
you know, increase the amount of people that you're serving and increase the revenue as well with that. So definitely a good piece to keep in mind there. Especially for the, the, you know, we're a husband and wife team. It's my wife and I running this. Mm-hmm. We started it on a very beer budget and slowly just kind of um, scaled up as demands were put upon us. But if you're that single business owner, I've heard a few of your, your uh, podcasts before, and there's been some business owners that were, there was one gentleman you had on Jay. I, I really liked him a lot. Um, he was talking about how he just got started out and, and he was having a little bit of difficulty with the sales end of it and difficulty with the advertising end of it. And he had some friends that had some teams and the teams knew how to advertise their teams. And, you know, I just loved the fact that, yeah, he was a little apprehensive and he was a little fearful of what lies ahead, but he was willing to just put on, get onto the boat and, and sail that boat out into open waters and just, and, and discover some new uncharted territory. Um, and right. that's really what entrepreneurship is all about. You know, that's really, I, I think what having a business is all about period, uh, much less a fitness business. Right. Yeah. Kind of, sometimes you've just got to take the risk and figure it out as you go and be willing. To Absolutely. Take that so, and that was one now, thing that you had said, uh, we were speaking before you said you would, you'd use that term, figure it out. Um, you know, you had difficulty in your business previous in the past and you, you sat there and you worked your butt off and then you just figured it out. And that process of figuring out is really what's elevated you to where you are right now, telling, helping other people to figure it out. That is a key, key expression. I don't want that to go lightly on, on your fans, figuring Mm -hmm. it out. That is the biggest thing before there was a book, before there was Google, before there was even encyclopedia, we had questions in our own minds. We didn't have anybody else to turn to. We had to use our own natural intelligence, our own natural insight on how to conquer these, these problems, come out with solutions. And mm-hmm. that should still be applied a little bit today. Don't be so quick to reach for the first tell-all book on how to, the secret to, to running your business. Seek inside yourself a little bit. Meditate a little bit. Be self-reflective of what you think is the right thing for your business. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great to reach out for help, but don't look past yourself so much. Yeah, it's a great point. I was just speaking with another gentleman uh, earlier today about trusting yourself, you know, and being um, willing to trust yourself and your instincts and make decisions and not rely so heavily on other people's opinions, especially those who are not in the industry. Because it's so easy to get into a situation where you tell somebody about your plans or what you're thinking or where you're looking to go and they'll shoot it down. And then it changes your perspective on your goals and how you're going to accomplish them and your approach. And a lot of times that holds you back, you know, so trusting yourself and being willing to take the risk and as we say, figure it out along the way isn't necessarily a bad thing. And that builds confidence along the way too, because when you do make those decisions and it does work out and you do figure it out, it builds confidence and you're able to rely on yourself. And there's nothing more freeing than being able to rely on yourself. Absolutely. Um, You know, another thing I've learned in business, uh, I'm a little bit older. I've owned a various, a lot of different types of businesses and I've been successful in some ways. And I've failed miserably in other ways. Um, but the one thing I've learned um, is if you can stay consistent, uh, come up with a plan, stay consistent with that plan, come up with a goal, stay consistent within trying to achieve that goal. Um, 
don't get down on yourself because you're having a down day, that type of thing. I mean, not to get all cliche, you know, um, goodwill hunting about what, what it is we do. Yeah, we don't all have the same skill set. We're not all great salesmen. We're not even all great personal trainers. But within all of us, we have attributes. These attributes add up to what it is make, that makes us successful. And just because we may not be good at this one thing doesn't mean that we're bad at everything or we're bad at anything else for that matter. Okay. Um, and, you know, the reason I moved to bring up that movie, Goodwill Hunting, I kind of actually had a very similar life, to be honest with you. I had a very rough, rough existence. Uh, so I've watched that movie several times and kind of identified with a lot of the things that that, that young man went through in that movie. But the, my favorite part of it was when they're getting ready to go on a date and she won't because she has to study. And he's just trying to get her to go. And she's like, look, I need to study for this. Not everybody is like you where they can just look at a math test and just do it. And she goes, mm -hmm. by the way, how do you do that? And his explanation was this. He goes, you know, Beethoven. And she looked at him. She goes, well, let me guess. You play the piano too. And he goes, no, I can't. I can't play a lick. He goes, but he said, when piano, when, when Beethoven sat down at the piano, he saw rhyme. He saw music. He saw melody. He saw composition. He just sat down and played. And he said, me, when I look down at mathematics, that's how it is to me. I see rhyme. I see melody. I can just sit and play. Well, guess what? We all have that. We all have something within us where we can just sit down and play. Tap into that and expand from that. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Putting yourself in a position to be successful. And that's hard for a lot of people to do because it's easier to just not try because if you don't try, you can't fail, you know? Absolutely. So it's easier to just say like, ah, no, you know, I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. And in that case, you don't fail. Whereas if you try and you fail, it's a hit to the ego. And sometimes people can't handle that, you know? So it's, it's just easier. They just don't try because they're not willing to fail. Absolutely. But failure is one of the biggest pieces of success. You know, it's like, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Those failures along the way are what lead to success. Absolutely. And if you're sitting right now inside your gym, maybe on your lunch break and you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble paying my bills. The thing is you've already succeeded. You just don't realize it. You've succeeded because you're sitting in your own business right now, figuring it out. You might have difficulty figuring it out, but guess what? Mm -hmm. Tomorrow can change everything. If you just sit there and you talk to your clients and be honest with them, just like they're being honest with you, they're spilling their mm -hmm. guts into you. Some of them are spilling a little bit too much into us. And we sit there and we yeah. take it and hopefully we, we give them something back and a piece of information and advice that helps them through that moment. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? Rely on them too. You don't have to spill your guts. You don't have to tell them you're having trouble paying your bills, but you can say, hey, what did you do in your life? What was your, what was your career? What do you do now? What do you do to be successful in life? How do you get over the hard parts in your life? get to know them a little bit. Also let them in a little, because when you let people in and let them see the personal side of you, they want to help that personal side of you. They want to help right. you succeed because they see that you're having difficulty with that. And that is natural within us. It is absolutely mm -hmm. natural within us to want to help other people succeed. Right. Yes, absolutely. And you know, you made a good point there. If you're sitting in your facility, you've already succeeded. And that's now more true than ever post pandemic because absolutely. over 
40% now, I think we're up to around 40%, if not more than that, of gyms that have closed, that did not survive the pandemic, that do not have their doors open. So if your doors are still open and you're still sitting inside that facility, you know, there's a lot to be said there. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, so now I know we've kind of given a lot of pieces of advice along the way here, but one thing that I really love to touch on toward the end of each podcast is a piece of advice or the biggest lesson <laughs> that you have learned along the way. So for you specifically, whether it be the biggest piece of advice you have for somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening their own facility, or the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way, what would you say that would be? Um, be humble, no matter how much, you know, you don't know it all, mm -hmm. no matter how intelligent you are, there's somebody smarter, no matter how stupid you think you are, you're not, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, there's a, uh, special forces breathing technique that works really really well mm -hmm. and all it is is about controlling your inner fear because no matter how much of a badass you might be you experience fear if you don't experience fear you're psychotic yeah fear's a good thing mm -hmm. so there's this breathing technique where you breathe in for four seconds you hold for four seconds you breathe out for four seconds you hold for four seconds you then repeat breathe in for four seconds do that a couple times Open your eyes back up again, figure it out, talk to your clients, let them in, and have fun. The most important thing is there's life out there. Don't get mm -hmm. trapped inside your mind. Don't get trapped inside your business. Your business is supposed to expand your ability to enjoy life. Right. Allow that to happen. Allow yes. that business to be successful, and then allow yourself to enjoy that success. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point to make with the, the breathing technique. You know, state management is a, a big thing that, you know, it's interesting because so many gym owners get so caught up in what they're doing, training their clients, making sure that they're running the business. You know, there's a lot of stress involved a lot of the time. And it's like, you're preaching all day long for people to take care of their bodies and make sure that they're eating right and drinking enough water and getting their workouts in and making sure that they're taking care of their mental health. But a lot of those things kind of fall to the side for you personally, because you're so wrapped up in the business and the stress and the day to day. Um, and, you know, implementing some of those things for state management and self-care and just, you know, being able to take a second and, and do some breath work and it can really help and change the perspective of where you're sitting and, and what you're looking to do and where you're looking to go. And it can really make a big difference. So that's a really, really great point there to, to focus on and make sure yeah, that you. you're, you're doing small things to take care of yourself and stay on top of your game and, and enjoy the process along the way because you didn't get in the business to, to suffer every day, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, awesome. Well, it has been 
Fantastic having you on the show. I really appreciate your time. So thank you so much for joining us today. And um, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So <laughs> I think we have an old Facebook account. I haven't been on social media in a while. Sorry, guys, I'm not into a lot of that drama. Um, not that anybody's into social media. Uh, we don't do a lot to advertise ourselves. We're, we're a small mountain gym in a small mountain town. And I get a great word of mouth um, uh, uh, business, I guess, uh, influx from. So um, I think we have a Facebook. I don't think we have an Instagram right now, but uh, we should be opening one up soon. But reps training centers, um, I'm always available. And if anybody wanted to give me a call, if there was any entrepreneur out there and said, hey, Brian, I'd love to pick your brain for a few minutes, I'd be available in a heartbeat. So uh, I'm just that kind of guy. Awesome. I love that. Perfect. So Brian from Reps Training Centers in California, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. And Brianna, thank you very much for everything you do as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.